This is the What's Next Podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creators to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Back to regularly scheduled programming, episode number 71. Every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. You already know what time it is, man. Let's go. Uh. Uh. We got the real ones in the building. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. One time. One time, I want to say first and foremost, happy Father's Day to every father listening and watching this episode. Um, Welcome back to episode number 71 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. Um, Jay, how you doing? I'm good, man. How you? I'm good, dog. I'm good. Uh, Last week was crazy. Three episodes in a matter of four days. So, you know, I'm just... uh, I'm glad to be back on a one episode a week schedule since I'm not being paid for it. So <laughs> not yet. But, uh, you know, um, I'm just glad to be back. man. I want to say a couple of things before we get the episode started, man. I want to say rest in peace uh, to Rayshard Arbit. Sorry, Rayshard Brooks. Rest in peace to Rayshard Brooks. Rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace to Ahmad Arbery. Listen, Houston, Texas, man. Houston, Texas, the last few episodes have been heavy. And I haven't gotten to this record, man. It's like my man Pierre said in episode number 70, right? Support black people when they're here. Give me my roses when I'm here. Don't wait to put me on a, on a t-shirt after I pass. Give me my roses now. Support black businesses. Let's get it. Uh, uh, uh. Shout out to Demaria. Shout out to Kennedy. Sir John Monet. Shout out to my man, Truly Preezy. Can't wait to talk to y'all on a few. Jay, this is a whole new setup, dog. You know, this is how we do it, man. I like it. I like it. What's next podcast, man? I heard about you. Psych, I'm a married man. I'm bugging out. It's good to be back, Houston, Texas. It's good to be back. Uh, 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 uh. So, uh, Houston, Texas, like I said, welcome back to episode number 71 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. Jay, before we get started, let's introduce our social media handle so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm not a social media dude like that. So, I'm going to let you know right now. So, my Instagram. Okay. 360 wave <laughs> underscore beard. 
My man. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else? Uh, hey, regular Facebook. James okay. Denton. Okay. Okay. My name is John Ross Dyke the first. And you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore visionary. If you would connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook and visit my website. It's still visionary dot com for everybody listening to this podcast. That is S T I L L V I S I O N A R Y dot com. In front of you, have all my T-shirts, and you can shop stillvisionary.com slash apparel. Nice. No doubt. I like the hustle. No doubt, man. I like the hustle on you. Man, appreciate it. No doubt, man. So listen, man. Um, uh, first of all, I want to say a uh, round of applause to you. And the reason I want to say that, man, is you're an exceptional father. So to you, I will say happy Father's Day. Houston, Texas, I'm recording this episode on the 22nd of June, which is a day after Father's Day and after uh, Father's Day weekend. But I think it's still prevalent to mention happy Father's Day to all the fathers who are going to be listening to my podcast Tuesday. Um, Secondly, you have a birthday this week. Yeah. So Houston, Texas, I'll let you know this, that my man James... He was my ace in the hole. If I ever needed to drop an episode, uh, I know I was coming to James, but I, you know, I hate to have used this episode now, but I thought it was uh, the right time seeing that this is your birthday week. Um, and I wanted to, you know, bring you on here because, you know, you got a lot of gems that I've found very uh, essential um, to, to becoming a hustler and to finding a way to survive. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to bring you on here. I want to talk about that, your journey in doing that. Um, and so uh, this is where I'll start. You know, I said that um, this is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creatives. And uh, initially I had said artists, but after I sat back and thought about that, I said to myself, well, you know, when you say artist, you kind of exclude people that are still creating so I switched that word from artist to creators because I think creation is not only an art form, but creation is a way of life. So if you're creating um, just a better situation for yourself, this is the platform to come and talk about it. Right. So <clears throat> pardon me. So, um, yeah, man, um, you know, we talk all the time. Um, you're originally from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, what should people take from this episode? What do I mean by that? I'm saying you know, uh, if somebody turns this episode on and they're wondering, why should I listen to JR's podcast um, in the first few minutes? I know we've we've exceeded the first few minutes. We're out. We're about eight to eight to nine minutes in now. But what should people take from your journey um, from the beginning to where you are right now? Uh, just take away that. First of all, don't give up. And I know you hear a lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't give up. But mm-hmm. really, don't give up. Mm hmm. Because at the end of the day, you don't know what's at the end of that day. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you just got to keep pushing yeah. because every day you wake up, you got a purpose because you're above ground. Yeah. So I would just say literally don't give up. Yeah. You know, listen, man, um, I knew that talking on this podcast to you, man, we're going to uncover a lot of gems. No doubt. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we come from two different backgrounds. Um but I think that it's prevalent to people hear your story um, because, uh, you know, 
like I said, we said rest in peace to um, those fallen soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to take take you take us back to Chicago, okay? Because you had mentioned something earlier today, and I think that uh, um, if we as a black people do not get a handle on changing the destiny of the youth, they will succumb to the 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 experiences and the tragedies that their predecessors have. What I mean by that is you told me that Chicago Father's Day weekend had how many shootings? 101 shootings and 14 of those people died. Mm. And Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Not to cut you off, but one of those victims was a three-year-old little boy. Never had a chance. Yeah. You know, and I look at my daughter who's 15 and I'm like, yo, I got her out of Chicago to yeah. get away from that. Yeah. You know, straight bullet don't have no name on there. Yeah. Shout out, rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle, because that was one of his uh, mixtapes. Oh, really? Bullets, bullets ain't got no names. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what is it about Chicago? Do you do you feel that that um, situation, that instance of murdering, senseless murdering, keeps happening? It, I guess it keeps happening because... I guess just to take it back to what people have always said, a lot of times in the black community, there's no fathers in the household. And even if there is fathers in the household, you can still sort of take a wrong turn, but it's less likely if the father's in the house. Uh, a mother can only do so much to raise a boy mm-hmm. into a man, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm raising my daughter by myself. It's only so much I can do as a father to teach her how to be a woman. Yeah. But back to your original question, uh, respect. Respect mm. is a big factor. If you don't have respect, you don't have anything. And, and that's really what it is. Everybody is like, me, 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 me. Mm. So when it comes down to me, 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 everything else is obsolete. Mm. And uh, the police. Yeah. You know, anytime you live in a city, and it's other cities other than Illinois, I mean, other than Chicago, that police or plant things, you know, put guns in a community, you know, drugs in a community. So at the end of the day, you just have to have self-control and no matter how many community centers or how many, you know, whatever you put in a community for these kids to get their mind on something positive, a lot of people is a product of their environment, Mm. you know, and if you're a product of your environment and you don't want anything better for yourself and mm-hmm. nobody is showing you anything better for yourself. Mm-hmm. You just going to fall victim to whatever's around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you make it out of Chicago mm-hmm. growing up was, it, I, I take it. It was tough. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You make it out of Chicago. You come to Houston. Um, what are the differences to you between Houston and Chicago? Houston and Chicago. Uh, I guess the major differences are uh, just really the the crime rate is not as publicized mm-hmm. as it is. You know, Chicago is always known for, for mm-hmm. gangs and, and drugs. And not to, you know, say that, you know, Houston is just, you know, great, you know, but it's more publicized on the news, you know, for whatever reason. And, uh, so the biggest difference is, you know, we we are put on a, a bigger platform to have negativity come towards the city. It's a beautiful city, though. You ever go visit? You got Lake Michigan. 
you got the lakefront, you mm-hmm. know, so it's a lot of beautiful places downtown Chicago that people don't see that side. All they see on the news is shootings and murders. Yeah. You know, so, so that's the biggest difference. You know, our platform is a lot bigger, yeah. you know, when it comes to the national stage. Yeah, you know, um, Houston, Texas, I'll let you know this. Me and James, we talk often on the phone. We're both from the same large, Kinsey Zero number 19, AF and AM. Right, and we travel the same direction, going east always. Um, that's an inside joke for everybody who um, is not traveling the same direction we're traveling. But um, James, to me, um, uh, he is emblematical of the ultimate survivor. And what I mean by that is, um, I've known him for some time now, and there was never a situation where he never found a way to make a dollar out of. And so where I'll go with that is this. Creativity comes from experiences. We talked about how you um, were trying to start the cleaning business. Mm-hmm. Talk, us, talk us through the, 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 the steps in which you started that one and then how you went from that to your present day job. And, and, we'll, and I'll connect the dots for everybody else. Okay. Uh, basically, how that came about is uh, I had a job, mm-hmm. lost it, you know, like most people have in their life. And when I lost that job, I was on unemployment. Mm-hmm. And uh, for like six months, you know, and at the end of that six months, it was like, yo, you going to have to start looking for work, you know, otherwise we're about to cut you off. I'm like, OK, so I'm looking for work, throwing resumes out there, you know, trying to reword it to where it'll fit somebody else's, you know, I guess, image of what this person, you know, should look like who, who was supposed to get this job. So anyway, uh, kept getting denied for different jobs. I'm like, yo, like, what do I qualify for? Yeah. You know, you don't qualify or you don't have no experience, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, okay. So never been to college or anything like that, just a high school diploma. So I'm like, okay, uh, I got a child I got to feed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can't get no job, so let me go out here and see what I can do. So initially, it wasn't even a, a business idea. I was just like, yo, I got a child I got to feed. Let me go out here and make some money. So it's a, a dental lab right down the street from my house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let me go down there and see what's up. Mm-hmm. Knocking on the door. Do you have anybody to clean your, your business? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I do, but uh, come and take a look and see what you'll do. And at this point, I'm just James. Yeah. No DBA, no nothing. Yeah. So I go in there and uh, I was like, man, I do the floorboards and this is this and that. And they're like, okay, cool. How much you'll charge me? I'm like, let me get back to you on that. Yeah. You know, so I go home, do, do my little research, you know, for whatever the market was. And like I said, I'm still ignorant to the fact of not having a business and not knowing anything about it. So I come to him, I'm like, I'll charge you this much. He's like, okay. So I go in there and clean and everything like that. And then started going, knocking on other doors, getting more business. But they was like, excuse me. You know, they was like, uh, well, we already have somebody. And I'm like, well, hey, I got a referral. You know, this is this and that. So then somebody was like, well, are you a business? I'm like, no. And I was like, well, if you're not a business, I don't want to do business. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So, I, you know, one of my unemployment checks come through. I go get me a DBA. Mm-hmm. I come back. Boom, boom, boom. I got a, you know, I got a business now. Mm-hmm. Went and got me some business cards, made and everything. Because I'm like, I have to invest in myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so... uh. Anyway, make a long story short, 
that didn't really work out for me, but it did enough for me to keep a roof over me and my child's head mm-hmm. and food on the table. So l- let me ask you, were you, at what point, because uh, you said that you had a child to feed, at what point did her survival um, become more prevalent to you than your own? Uh since the day she was born. But yeah. in that situation. Yeah. I mean, um, I know it's a rhetorical question, right. but you know, some people like, yeah, some people would, you know, would not have thought outside the box and been like, let me figure out how to do that after all the referrals. Yeah. After all the, I said, I would say denials right. for the job. So I, I just was trying to figure out that, um, that aspect of when she, cause you mentioned that. And I think that's an admirable thing. Like I've told you a few times, I think that you're one of the best fathers I've ever met in my life. Thank you. Because, um, no doubt. And because uh, there, I, I see your daughter on your Instagram page and your Facebook page all the time. Mm-hmm. And she always has the stuff that teenagers need to, you know, be included and not, not clowned. You know right. what I'm saying? And so I, I'm always like, man, it don't matter what you got on. She's always tip top. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But go on, go on with what you were saying. Yeah, you know, and uh, and around that time, you know, it was school shopping coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get hair, gym shoes, you know, clothes, whatever the case may be. And uh, so it just really set in that if I don't get, get out here and get it, who else will? Mm-hmm. She didn't ask to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, I got to get out here and get it. So, you know, that's, uh, that's just motivation. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm already a, a self motivated person, but that just gives me more motivation to be like, I can't sit on my butt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and, yeah. and just wait for something to happen. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, you know, I just thinking outside of the box for me is easy. Mm. For the simple fact, you know, you may hear a lot of people say, when you've been low, you can't do nothing but go up. Yeah, you know, and sky's the limit. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even after all those denials, like you say, uh, a long time ago, I was searching online for something uh, about an author or something like that for a book. But anyway, uh, I read a story about Dr. Seuss. You know, he, you know, everybody know Dr. Seuss. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the story, it said that Dr. Seuss went to a hundred different, you know, publishing companies to get Mm -hmm. his first book published. Mm -hmm. Everybody told him no. And then that 101 door he knocked on gave him a chance. Mm. You know, so that gave me motivation to be like, yo, you cannot give up. Yeah. You know, no matter what it is. And and if that door don't open up, man, go to another door. Every day you wake up is another opportunity to reinvent yourself. So that's how I look at it. Okay. Listen, before we get into the meat and potatoes of things, um, I teach at Waltrip High School. Everybody knows that I'm an educator. And uh, let me make sure that this song is right on before I hit it. Let me see. I don't think it's that one. I took it out. I took it out. Never mind. I was going to play this record. But I'll go here. Uh, My man from um, Arkansas Pine Bluff wrote a record called You. Is it a vibe? The name of this segment is called Is it a vibe? Echo, I can't wait to talk to you about this record, man. Let's go. Houston, Texas. I thought I had another record in there, but it's okay. Improvisation. 
eternity It's what I want from you Shout out to my wife, Kizzy Danae Farmer Dyke I love you My love will always, always be So Houston, Texas, shout out to my man Echo Remix on that record, You. Um, so, Jay. I like that. No doubt. Yeah, you see, listen, I <laughs> I um purposely upped the level on this podcast so that people could be more interactive. Like I said, I, like I said, I was doing a lot of fronting from episodes one to 55 until my man St. Mary at work told me about this beautiful, beautiful machine. I went and got it, man, and the podcast has never been better. So um, appreciate you, St. Mary, for holding me down with that. But, uh, okay, so, you know, um, the cleaning business doesn't work, mm-hmm. okay? Then what? Then uh, the one guy who gave me a chance to clean his business, one day I'm in there cleaning, and uh, I see people going in and out, you know, putting up in their cars, you mm-hmm. know, with boxes in their hand. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, one day I was like, uh, you know, excuse me, uh, what do these people keep coming in and out if you don't mind me asking? He's like, oh, uh, they do deliveries for me. I'm like, oh, what do they deliver? Of course, it's a dental lab. You know, they, they make prosthetic teeth and veneers and, you know, et cetera. So uh, I was like, oh, okay. And then I left it at that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, about a week later, he calls me up. said, hey, James, I got a question for you. If I had you deliver something for me, if you were interested, how much would you charge me? Mm-hmm. And I say, uh, I don't know. Like, where am I going? He's like, from here to the woodlands. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, if it's a turnaround trip, I don't know, maybe $25, $30? He was like, okay, that sounds about right. You know, it's a hot shot trip. You know, a turnaround. I'm like, okay. I'm thinking I'm about to get some money. Mm-hmm. You know, and... uh. So then a couple of days go by, I ain't hear from him. So I still going in there cleaning. He ain't said nothing to me about it. I'm like, should I ask him about it? Mm-hmm. So I, I left it alone. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just continuing cleaning. And then he calls me up again. He was like, uh, I want I want you to start delivering for me. Do you have a reliable vehicle? And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I got one. <laughs> but I really don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, but in my mind, I'm like, Shoot, if this work out, I get one. Mm-hmm. At that time, you know, I had a, a Chevy Suburban. Mm-hmm. I think you remember that one. Yeah, <laughs> man, that boy. Drink a gas guzzler. <laughs> so, yeah. man, so I was like, man, I had my cleaning supplies in the back. I had teeth in the in the in the second row seat. I'm just doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh and then after that, he started giving me more. And then he was like, James, you know, come to my office. So I go in his office one day and he say, uh, I want you to come out to my house. I'm like, okay. 
And I was like, you need like some work done or something? Mm-hmm. And he was like, he's like, yeah, well, you know, I got some work that need to be done around the house, but I also want to talk business with you. I was like, okay. So, you know, I go out to his house or whatever, and uh, he uh, was putting like pipes in, in, in his yard for the sprinkler system. Mm-hmm. So I'm helping him, you know, dig dirt and everything like that. And, uh, you know, of course he paid me for it. But then at the end of the day, he sat me down. He said, uh, I want to bring you on as one of my courier services. And, uh, you know, but you got to go get you a DBA. I'm like, damn, another damn DBA? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I'll go down there, spend a little $16, $17, give me a DBA. So I give me a DBA. And me not knowing how to start a business, I'm like, all right, I just put it under my name. Mm-hmm. James didn't courier service. Mm-hmm. And, uh I did that in September of last year. Mm-hmm. So it's almost two years. Yeah. And uh of of two thousand and eighteen. Almost two years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And uh and I'm like, okay. So I got me a DBA and everything like that. Uh went and got me a checking account and uh and then from there, uh I was like, Man, how can I get more business like this? You know, so I'm thinking like, let me go home and Google more dental offices. Mm-hmm. So uh I go home and I Google more dental offices, and then the next day I go to pick up my my deliveries, and I ask him. I say, uh, "Are there other people who do this?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, it's plenty of dental labs." I was like, "Yeah, I found dental lab. Uh, how do I go about, you know, getting business from from other dental labs?" And at this point, I'm like, "Am I screwing myself by asking him how I can get other business?" But if he a true businessman, hopefully he'll you know help me out. Mm-hmm. So uh, so he was like, yeah. He said, tell you what, you go out there and network, and if you need a referral, I'll be your referral. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. So after that, uh, I say about six or seven months go by. So I went from him to four dental labs, and then within the last few months, I got four more. So in total, you know, I got eight dental labs you know, that I do business with. And for the last, you know, almost two years, I just, I just been rocking with that. And, uh, I guess in a week's time, mm-hmm. I probably hit about, you, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta give dollar signs. No, 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 no. Okay. In a week's time, I think I hit about maybe 150 to 200, uh, dental offices. You know, and as soon as I got those uh those first couple of checks, I was like, yo, I got to go back to when he asked me that I have a reliable car. Mm. I went to the car lot, traded that Suburban in, got me some reliable, and I ain't never looked back. Mm. You know, because, you know, God presented me an opportunity is to, you know, provide for myself and, you know, I used to be one of those people who think, man, I'm doing all this praying. I'm doing all this praying, and I don't see no changes. But I guess, you know, I had to be down so that way I can humble myself, be patient, so that when, when that time came, you know, I'd be ready for, for what, you know, was was meant for me, you yeah. know, as, as people say. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's it's been good. You know, I've been able to drop my daughter off at school, pick her up, you know, she liked to dance, so, you know, uh, I go to all her dance, you know, things at school, middle school, high school. You know, she in high school now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm on my own schedule. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 
there's no other better feeling than working for yourself. Yeah. You know, and I always tell myself, and I tell other people, when you have your own business, the only way you can't feed yourself is if you don't get out there and get it. You can't blame nobody else. You know, and I like putting that responsibility on myself so that way it ain't no excuses. I can't blame it on nobody else except James. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what keeps the fire under me yeah. that, you know, if this goes sideways, all I can do is look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, Houston, Texas, these are the type of gyms. Like, listen, I know it might be surprising that I, that I can talk to James on the phone for hours and hours <laughs> because I do this podcast for almost hours and hours every week, right? But um, these are the gyms that James was, would drop in conversations and I would sit to myself and I would think, man, because here's the thing. In my lifetime, I have done delivery, right? Mm-hmm. I've driven school buses. I've delivered pizzas. I've delivered, I, had, I delivered courier stuff that I found like in a green sheet sometime. Yeah. But it never clicked to me that, man, hey, maybe you could, you could uh, promote yourself or go go to a random office and say, "Hey, can I take this here to here for you?" Mm-hmm. Right, and so um, I look at it I, when I look at that situation that you presented and that story. I see um, you don't necessarily have to be educated to uh, be successful. Right. And so, what what I mean by that is education puts a time limit to when you'll be complete. So you know that if if you go to college for a certain amount of time, you know that in five, four to five years, you'll graduate with a piece of paper that you can walk into somebody's office and be like, hey, I graduated from college. This is what I do. And you um, should pay me fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 a year. Mm-hmm. But in your story, I hear, you know what? Education is important. It might not be for me, but if I use my brain, and, and wait for my chance, I can seize the moment. So in delivering, going from that first delivery for that round trip for $35, how do you begin then to um, make or build off of the $35 and charge more to see a little profit from that first, first uh, interaction with the guy at the dental office that had you come to the house? How do you go from there and say, you know what, if I charge a little bit more, this is the type of profit I'm looking to make? Right. Uh, you know, so what I did was, of course, like everybody else, you know, I look at what my expenses is, and then I'm like, to, to fit in in this business, I have to see what my competitors is doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he had others, and these other dental labs had other people. So just through conversation, you know, if you let somebody talk long enough, they'll tell you their business. Mm-hmm. And... uh you know, and I start figuring out what they charge, so I go home, and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this person charged this much, this person charged this much, well, I'm going to come in a dollar or two under, you know, and still give my best work, you know, and uh, and that's what I've been doing, and it actually worked out for me. You know, I'm just, just using logic, really, mm. you know, so I come in under the table, you know, and uh, like I said, I don't take nothing personal because it's business. And some of my competitors was like, like, yo, like you undercut me. 
like this is business though. It's not personal, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not forcing these labs to do business with me. But guess what? My plan worked, but I didn't know it almost two years ago. But mm-hmm. with the whole pandemic, I was still able to work as long as I could because my prices was lower, you know. So what my competitors was doing, my dental labs was like, "Hey, can you do this for me?" I sure can. You know, and I, my prices stayed the same. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that with the hard work that I put in and for me to be a one-man show with no workers and all my competitors got workers, you know, I, I just think it's, it's more appealing that my work ethic is so strong that they like, yo. You know, and then my daughter ride with me during the summertime. They meet my daughter and everything like that. So I don't know if that plays a part in it or what, but, you know, just me you know, coming in lower at a lower price point. Uh, I think, I think that really helps me. And then, you know, I let them know ahead of time at the beginning of every year, I be like, you know, if, if I think I need a raise, I be like, you know, write them a little letter. Hey, I'm going up, you know, three or four, five cents, maybe, you know, they okay with it, mm-hmm. you know, because they know my work is good and I'm going to be fair about it. And I had one of my customers tell me, excuse me, had one of my customers tell me, you know, James, we like you. Every time something goes wrong, you call us and let us know. You know, communication. It's almost like a relationship. You know, you married. Communication is key. You know, so I go in, I look presentable, you know, and again, I do hard work. So, you know, they appreciate the communication because at the end of the day, I represent them. And that's what I keep in the back of my mind. Even though I have my own business, when I go into these dental offices, and I give you this box. I'm representing the company name that's on that box. You know, so, uh, you know, I just always put my best foot forward. Yeah. What song's on your mind right now? Song on my mind right now? Uh, actually, I just heard it today, and I like it. Beyonce. She got a song called Black Parade. Mm-hmm. Have you heard it? No. <laughs> it's nice. Uh, she you made it. Black Parade. Yeah, Black Parade. She made it especially for uh for Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's only because I listened uh, in the car with my daughter on the way over here. But uh, other than that, Meek Mill he got a song called "Other Side of America." Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna listen to those two. Yeah. This is the song that's on my mind right now. Shout out to my man Trey Rogers. Shout out to my man Trey Rogers. That G14 is out now, Houston, Texas. Go get that. Go get that. On epiphany, one my best. Ghetto soliloquies brought life to new energies. Baddies would be like, nigga, please. Now they be like, yes, indeed. Pennies drop at various speeds. Then I hit the streets and search for the keys. Slaver trying to set my niggas free. Call them more than a price. I pay with my life. Overtime and long nights, racing morning life. A lot of wrong turns trying to get us right. Mama said, Pop would be proud. Imagine the sight. Yeah. Imagine the sight. New 11s for my son to get his jumper right. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. What the flow is. See the funny babies way up by the clinic. Diamond Shane and Liz. Uh. Vibing with my peers like the blue 
Asking they says what you doing here Bigger goals and bigger dreams and we pursuing hills That's what we doing here Yeah That's what we doing here One time for the one time For the praise for the two For the squad three times For the famous for the four For the baddies pop a bottle for the players Chalking deuces Keep in the wrong level uh, Houston, Texas, that is my man Trey Rogers off of his Vaulted Ceilings LP. The name of that track is entitled. Hold on. Like I know this shit. I do declare niggas told me I had the nerve for second. I'm on the verge of cracking that glass ceiling, revealing my wishes. Tension tightening and dying. This is the line right here. This is when I knew Trey Rogers was on. The black we born with Vikings, big feast. Bears lights, born rivals, chess giants, back to my psyche, young black and free with the classic Nikes, Kaepernick and through your speakers with the classic rights, mm. Run the daily trying to save the ones I die for, mm. black and shell and bust an eye it's for all of the nights kick it back, smoke and expose Okay, um, yeah, but the name of that record is called Diamond Chandeliers off his vaulted ceilings LP, um, y'all make sure y'all check that out, it's in your phones right now. So, um, obviously, so, uh, my homegirl, Kalea Vaughn, who was on episode number, um, and what episode was she on? Tripping. 67. And episode number 29 said that, um, an artist or a creative has to make art and creation that depicts the time period that we're in. Right. Um, which is obviously different. You're not making art. You're not making creations, but you did create a way for yourself. I want to ask you, how do you feel that you differ from George Floyd? Um, Rashad Brooks, how do you feel that you differ from them? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, how I differ from them. I guess just being and not to say that they weren't. But just to be mindful of the world we live in. Mm. And what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, to me, that means that for us as a colored people, mm-hmm. we've never had a fair shake, you know, and the odds have always been against us. Mm. It's uh, a Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar line. He said, don't call me black. Mm. You know, I'm an Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that right there, you know, kind of makes me, you know, think back that what I've always, you know, kind of heard that, hey, maybe black people are God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, just because of the hardships that, that we've always been through. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, yeah, just just being mindful of the color of my skin every day and just to be mindful that ain't nobody going to make sure you make a home but you. Yeah. You know, so you got to do whatever you got to do to survive. Do whatever you got to do. If it's yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yeah. You know, you don't have to mean it to say it. Yeah. People say things all the time that they don't mean. Yeah. You know, uh, so just be mindful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when you have responsibilities, uh, whether it's a child or a loved one you're taking care of or whatever the case may be, you have to make it home. You know, you and I had a conversation right before the podcast. Man, I got a wife I got to go home to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we're going to do what we got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, man, just just be mindful and uh, 
watch your surroundings. Yeah, I have to reserve all of my comments for when these heinous crimes uh, are committed by the police officers. I have to reserve all my comments for the What's Next podcast so that I can control the narrative. Um, in episode number 70, I was talking to my man Pierre, and I'm of the position and the mind state that, listen, um, if you know that you're committing a crime, right, and you're given a chance, I don't know if he was given a fair chance. All I know is that he talked to the police officers for a while, right? And in that, talking to the police officers, they ask you if you're drunk, but subconsciously, he already knows, listen, I've had a few drinks. And when he took a drink, he already knew what his past was. So wherever he was in it, at that present day, you took a drink. But I admire him for saying, you know what? I had a, a drink and a half trying to lessen the amount of drinks he had. I mean, everybody does that. If, you, if you're pulled over with alcohol in your system and they ask you, hey, have you been drinking? I, I've been drinking, but I haven't been drinking a lot, right? So he sobered up quick. Like I said in 70. I just don't like the fact of him of the of the you know you you cop to it and they and you fail the test and they're going to arrest you at this point in time like you said it's about making it home mm -hmm. for me I'm gonna take whatever comes it especially if it means that I get my life yeah because at that moment nothing matters more to me than living yeah you know what I'm saying so um rest in peace to him man because it's tragic I, I think that more so you know, when you're, when you're caused, when you're led to serve and protect, or you are trying to serve and protect, and that's not your first intention, you know? I mean, I understand now what people were saying. Hey, you know what? He could have done this, and he could have done that. When I first read those comments, I was, I was hot. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like if you've been given a second chance in society, which a lot of us are not given, right. you got to do the best that you can with that second chance. And if you happen to fall, because it happens, if you happen to fall... You fall gracefully. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and so uh, the portion about serving, protecting to the police, you know, some police officers, man, they were nobodies before. They were clowns. Yeah. People picked on them and bullied them and stuff like that. So, you know, when they put that uniform on, their intention is to now, you know what, I have all the power in the world. You know what I'm saying? I got a gun. I walk around with a gun and this and this and that. So their mind state is never to the fact of, you know what, I'm going to give this person a second chance. Mm -hmm. Especially when you have that type of power in your hands. I'm going to give him a second chance because he got caught slipping. So on that mind state, I think that some of the people that were commenting, hey, you know what? They could have, he could have done this and he could have done that. I agree with you on that. Yeah. But, you know, you got to look at the person. And a lot of people don't look at themselves to say, hey, do I give people the benefit of the doubt? Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't do that. So for you to expect somebody else to do it, especially in that position, I think that you're not thinking clearly. Yeah. You know, and and I want to add something to that. You have to look at it kind of 50-50. Mm -hmm. uh, these police officers, you know, they are regular civilians when they take their uniform off, mm -hmm. you know, and they have families as well. But then for, what's the name, Rashard Brooks? Rashard. Uh, Rashard. Rashard. Yeah. Uh, I think that with the whole George Floyd situation mm -hmm. and, you know, with uh, all the other situations of black people just being being killed, you know, uh, by the police, mm -hmm. 
he may have felt some type of way, you know, towards the police. And when you get that oil in your system, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you just, you feel like Superman. You, you know, what Jay-Z say, go in the booth, you know, take out the suit and tie. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that his anger, you know, came out due to what was going on in the world already. And now he was put in a situation where I have a background and I even seen an interview with him on the internet, you mm. know, talking about being a felon and, mm. you know, how it's hard to find a job and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think he just had all of this built up in him. And yeah. when the opportunity presented itself, he did what he thought was best at that point in time. Yeah. Not knowing that he was going to lose his life at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, you know, he probably shouldn't have took the taser and ran off and pointed it back at him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's a lot of, you know, what ifs or mm-hmm. he should have did this, should have did that. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, it goes back to what we were talking about at first, like respect. It has to be a mutual respect. Mm-hmm. But if you hold a authority, you know, as a police officer, like you said, serve and protect. But what I think, and I don't know if this is done mm-hmm. uh, or not, but as a, any type of police officer, whether it's constable, sheriff, or a state trooper, or whatever, you know, you go to these de-escalation classes and and all these other type of trainings, but I wonder, would it make a difference if when these people finish the police academy, don't just put them in the streets. Mm. You know, go let them work in a jail or a prison mm-hmm. for about six months to a year. What do you think that'll do? I think that it'll give them a chance to interact with every single race, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of know the ways. It's just like you and I, you know, everybody know black people talk loud. We talk with our hands, you mm-hmm. know, for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we, we may or may not curse a lot. And to us, it's just normal conversation. Mm-hmm. But to somebody who grew up in the suburbs or is from a different race, may look at that as an aggression. Well, not may, they do look at it as aggression, yeah. you know, because we just are outspoken people. And uh, so I think, you know, if you put them in the prisons or the jails and let them work and get to interact with different races, I think that'll kind of help them know that, hey, when you go out on the street, you know, oh, that's just, you know, how they are sometimes. Yeah. You know, and it ain't even so much being racist. It's just knowing what you're getting yourself into. And, uh, so, you know, when you hand somebody who's scared of another race because of what they see on the news growing up or what their parents might have put into their heads, you know, they go out there and the first thing they do is grab for their gun. You know, you got pepper spray, you got tasers and nightsticks or whatever the case may be, but it's like kill or be killed. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, to, to really get into the heads of these police officers that everybody in here ain't bad. Everybody that look like a thug ain't a thug. You know, you can look at me and be like, oh, he ain't no, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, he's just a lame or whatever. But you don't know somebody's story up until you actually sit down and interact with people. So, yeah. you know, I think, you know, if, if they not doing it, I think that they should implement that as a part of their training. Yeah. Don't just throw them out in the street or get somebody from that community and put them, you know, in, in that community to serve and protect because they may feel comfortable with somebody who look like them. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's a lot of different ways. You know, I think that these killings could stop. Yeah. And uh, 
that's just this is one of the ways I think that 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 uh, it can happen. Yeah. Do you um concerning your business, your your courier service, how far do you think it'll go? Uh it'll go as far as I want it to. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm actually in the process of working on that now. Uh I'm trying to hit every market I can. Uh, you know, uh eye clinics. You know, somebody got to deliver eyeglasses, you know, to the to the stores. Uh, I'm also looking into uh, veterinarians, you know, for the elderly who can't, you know, go and get their pets medicine. You know, people treat their pets like kids nowadays. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Yeah, that's a fact. You know, it's it's got to be a market for that. Because uh, yeah. I know even during the pandemic, you know, I was out of work for a little bit. But, you know, and I, you knew you and I spoke about this on the phone. You know, hey. The people I interact with at the dental offices, a lot of the the older people who work at the front desk, you know, didn't want to go out there. Yeah. They knew I delivered and pick up stuff. They was like, you know, hey, you know, I got a grocery list. Would you be willing? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, come on. I'll take it. And uh, so between that, you know, I uh, I stayed afloat. You know, everybody got their little stimulus check or whatnot. But if that stimulus check, when it came through, I still would have, you know what I'm saying, maintained myself, you yeah. know, just because of the relationships that I built. And I don't even have deep conversation with these people. It's just a simple, hey, good morning, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and hey, see you later. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, and just to try to change the, the perception of young black men. You know, these people don't know how old I am, but they know that, hey, you know, he don't work for this lab, but he always in here. You know, so I have a shirt, you know, with my with my business name on there. You know, just show him that, you know, what you see on TV, everybody ain't criminals or thugs or drug dealers. You know, like we we men with families. And I and that's a message that I want to put out there in my own little way. You know, it may not be on the big grand scale, but in my in my own way. Hey, black lives have always mattered, not just because it's being publicized on TV now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, but to go back to your question, yeah, that's, you know, that's what I'm trying to do now. You know, just tap into different markets. Yeah. And, uh, and just make a big thing out of it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, you know, because another point, myself and one more other guy are the only two African American men who do this in the city of Houston. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I'm I'm proud to say that, you know. Yeah. And I'm yeah. the youngest. Good look. That's a good look. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> today is um today is um what is today? Today is uh June the twenty second, three days from your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> three days from your birthday. Today is June the twenty second, two thousand and twenty. We have hundred and ninety two days left in the twenty twenty year. Yeah. What do you hope to attain in hundred and ninety two days? Oh, what hope to attain? Uh, just to, it may sound cliche, but just to be a better James. You know, uh, to keep moving forward and just push out as much negativity as possible. Uh, mm. You know, what I mean by that. Push away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I just, you know, watching the news, I kind of get tired of seeing what we're seeing, you know, right now. Uh, you know, so I just... I just want to be a better James. I want to make better decisions uh, in my personal life, my business life. Uh, 
you know, and then just, you know, I, I often have talks, you know, with my daughter about, you know, what's going on in the world to let her know that when you come into this world, you are already three strikes down. You know what I mean? You, you black, you're a woman, and you're in the United States. You know, so you, you have to work twice as hard as your counterparts to, to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I have talks. With she, like I said, she only 15, but these years go by quick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I tell her, man, like, go to school. Uh, I didn't do it, but go to school because I ain't saying that's the only way you're going to make it. But, you know, you don't want to depend on nobody, you know, because everybody has an agenda, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. You know, and and she's my only child, so so when I'm gone, you know, I want to make sure that hey, when I was here on this earth, you know, you you was on your business and and you made a way for yourself. Yeah, you know, so I just I just like having real talks with her, you know, you know, just to just to give it a real like, hey, yeah. this is what it is. Yeah, Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, we're back in the white room. Shout out to uh, Cleon Solomon the Third, aka Three Bubble, who allows me to use his space to record my podcast on a weekly basis. Shout out to you three. I appreciate your love and support. Listen, man, uh, most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next for you? What's next for me? Uh, what's next for me? It's a good question. I guess I'll start off by saying uh, just to keep keep moving forward. Um uh, yeah. Keep moving forward and to never let up because as soon as you let up, in my opinion, I, I think you lose your way, you know, when you get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't ever want to get too comfortable to where I don't try no more. Yeah. So, you know, what's next for me is to just never stay comfortable. I always stay hungry. Uh, like Fabulous said, you know, you can be hungry. But, you know what I'm saying, don't move like you're hungry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, I ain't going to say stay stagnant either, but, you know, just always move forward and never stay comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Man, listen, man, I know it's been long overdue. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, before I give you your tease, man, I want to say, man, um, I admire the way that your daughter uh, is with you every every step of the way. Yeah. Right, so I knew that she would be coming. Houston, Texas, I asked her. I put her to work. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's who I am. I, I, you know, I see kids around. You got to be doing something. So I made her a shirt, you know, just to show my appreciation, appreciate you sticking around and taking some pictures that she'll airdrop, and yeah. I can make some kind of a collage to uh, put this episode together <laughs> with. And then here, the exclusive SVI T-shirt, man, that I give to every creative that comes on the podcast and the new edition in 2020, the What's Next podcast t-shirt that I made exclusive, the black version that I made exclusive to everybody that comes on the podcast, man. I want to say that I appreciate your love and support, man. I, I appreciate the late night conversations uh, that we've had, um, bouncing ideas off of each other, the ideas that you've given me that I've yet to implement. Um, I think that uh, you're a phenomenal father. Thank you. Um, um, I'm... Uh, indebted to you for the advice that you've given me i remember one time we were going to dallas we talked on the way to dallas um <laughs> I, I ride up to arkansas <laughs> king's israel number 19 it is what it is um but um yeah man i i, I admire you yeah thank you 
right. And I look up to you. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, you, you're a success story. Um, I think that you are the prototypical success story for those that, that didn't go and get the education mm-hmm. and that are not rapping, that are not playing ball, that um, own businesses. So, you know, I want to say that uh, um, um, it's been a pleasure yeah. to have met you, brought you into the fold, and to call you my brother. Yeah, same here, man. No doubt. I want to say Houston, Texas, man. I want to say rest in peace to my son, John Ross Dyke II. Uh, the 25th makes a year for you, son, and I love you. I want to say to James, man, happy birthday to you, man. I want to say to the city, man, I ain't putting out three episodes this week. It's only one. Dropping Tuesday, the 23rd. I do what I do for myself to prove that I can do it for others, man. Peace and blessings.